0: Thank you for tuning in to the Community Conversation, brought to you by Prototype Training System, home of CrossFit Prototype. Sam and I are back with another nutrition episode to help provide you with some education and strategies to better your nutrition while still enjoying your social life. There's a lot of misinformation on nutrition, and we aim to provide you with some clarity. Today, we wanted to talk about artificial sweeteners, what they are, and uh, talk about whether they are safe or not safe to use. So segue into this sam what are some of the most common artificial sweeteners just so we have an idea of what we're talking about
1: yeah so i think the ones that people see most often are probably the ones that they like go to a diner or like a restaurant they see on the table it's so like equal is made from aspartame um was it sweet and low is the one that's saccharin and then i think splenda is the one that's sucralose um And then there's like a handful of other ones like stevia and the raw, I think is like been a a recent, um, addition, but those are like the three major ones that we've seen for years and years. I'm sure of the like zero or very low calorie sweeteners.
0: Right. So the big thing on artificial sweeteners and why people get, um, you know, up and roars about them is that they don't contain any calories. So what the heck are they? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So Sam, you want to give us an example of uh, what's happened? Like, what's like, what is the artificial sweetener process? Like, how is it um, being produced, whether it's natural or synthetic?
1: Yeah. So the natural ones, like we said, they're like stevia is a natural one. Um, And like we said, it's like newer to the like low calorie sweetener world. Um, So we don't necessarily know as much about how that affects the body, I think, as some of the quote-unquote synthetic or like man-made sweeteners. And basically what's happening is uh, sugar as a whole is made up of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, like C, H, and O uh, are like the chemical uh, abbreviations. I'm sure everyone listening has taken high school chemistry and has like at some point experienced at least looking at the periodic table (laughs) so uh, those three um elements are the ones that make up normal sugar and so what happens is to turn sugar like table sugar into an artificial sweetener we're removing some of the hydrogen and oxygen molecules and then replacing it with chlorine molecules so basically it's just like swapping out the os and h's and putting in a cl um which Still is very safe, still is totally okay for the body because it's like a natural element that is found in other foods um, and other beverages.
0: Cool. So um, Sam, um, is it safe to have artificial sweeteners? And do we know that for a fact? Is there any research on artificial sweeteners and their safety?
1: Yes. Um, (laughs) It's been many years since artificial sweeteners hit the market. Um, And that we've been using them for quite some while and there is plenty of research that has been done on artificial sweeteners Um, And we're gonna spend quite some time today talking about the things that we have researched for Everyone um, and also for our own personal benefit Um, I think like we are interested in knowing like is it safe for us to personally take and then we can recommend it to other people so yes research galore on artificial sweeteners Lots of different studies, some good, some not so good. And so it's important that like when we're looking into it, we kind of figure out the limitations of all the studies. But by and large, the like result of all the studies, which I'm sure we'll get into a couple is that yes, artificial sweeteners are safe for you to have and also can be really effective in a diet for someone who is either diabetic or trying to lose weight or trying to manage their sugar intake in any way, shape or form. Um, Now, John, do you want to kind of dive into some of the things, maybe like we talk about a myth or two that we've heard about artificial sweeteners, and then we can kind of dive into the science behind it?
0: Um, Yeah, so uh, artificial sweeteners are, since they're synthetic and they are made in a lab and they're not all natural, is that there's a worry that consuming chemicals is going to cause, you know... um, you know uh, issues with our gut health or there's going to be um, there's a fear of cancer and there's all these assumptions based off of um, I think things that are put out in the media with we don't know what these things are exactly so we're gonna assume that they're not good for us and they are bad for us to have. But the benefits of having some of these things in moderation is gonna be that because they do not contain calories, um, it's an easier way to be able to have some of those uh, sweet things in your diet without having to have a lot of calories to be able to match that. Now, I'm drawing a blank on this, Sam. I believe it's like 600 times sweeter sucralosis to sugar. So, it doesn't take a very large amount of some of these artificial sweeteners to be able to give you that same sweetness as sugar. So, if we wanted to have, um, for example, if we wanted to have cream and sugar in our coffee versus having, um, you know, a pack or two of Splenda or Equal, whichever your taste preference is, you're not going to get calories, or at least you're going to get very few calories from that versus having to have several tablespoons of sugar in order to get that same taste. Mm-hmm. So there's um, there's research on uh, artificial sweeteners being a way of being able to feel more, uh, being able to maintain a uh, calorie controlled diet because of the fact that you're able to um, have those, sweet uh things in there without having to consume the calories that go along with it so it's just like an adherence tool so instead of being like okay like i can't have sugar you can have the sugar substitute and still get that sweetness it's not going to cause you to crave sugar more it's actually for based off of some of the things that are out there in studies is that people just consume less because they're able to have you know that diet coke and then it's you know, they can move on with um, with their day versus having to restrict, 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 and then over consume that because it's something that you're not able to have. So if you can implement artificial sweeteners as a nutritional strategy, then it's a good tool. Um, now, Sam, uh, we have numbers on what based off the FDA, what safety is on some of these things. Um, You want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So the FDA recommends like an upper limit of uh, artificial sweeteners Um, and for sucralose and like, we'll probably mostly talk about sucralose because I think it's just like the most commonly researched one. Um, The upper limit is 50 gram. I'm sorry, 50 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Um, So what that means like, Broad scope is for someone who's 150 pounds. That brings them to about 3,400 milligrams per day, which is like nearly 20 cans of Diet Coke worth of (laughs) worth of Super Lows to get in a day. It's a lot. It's a high upper limit before it becomes unsafe. Now, the vast majority of people are not drinking 20 Diet Cokes a day. That's like more than a two-liter bottle. It's quite a lot. That's like almost one an hour um, to fit in. I'm sure there are people
0: that. there's probably bigger issues if you are (laughs) having.
1: right at the the end of the day if you are drinking 20 diet cokes like you probably feel terrible just because of the carbonation right like it has nothing to do with the sucralose it's like carbonation is going to kill you before the sucralose does um but yeah upper limit is is pretty high um (laughs) of of these artificial sweeteners
0: well this just made me think about like a whole nother avenue of things is that there's always going to be um you know, correlation does not mean causation. So if someone was having multiple Diet Cokes, let's say someone was having 20 Diet Cokes a day, do you think that's the only thing in that person's life that is not healthy behavior? So is it the artificial sweetener that is the issue? Or is it the fact that that person's probably also not exercising, that person's probably also eating too much processed food to begin with? um you know there's so many different things that aren't always taken into consideration when you know focusing on one little thing like if a study was done on artificial sweetener like they've done some of these things on rats and they've blasted them with like i don't know like 400 times the dosage that is anyone would normally have anyways and then they're like okay this is there was a um potential for harmful effects on the body it's well, who would have that dosage to begin with? And, you know, that's not done in a human as well as what the hell else is going on in that person's life that is causing them to to take in that much of that one, that one substance, whether it's a sweetener or it's sugar, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I just think that's something to take into consideration whenever you read an article or hear something in the media is, well, if these things are harmful, then um, what, you know, in what context is it harmful and what dosage and, you know, are there other factors that are probably, that go along with that thing that is causing that to not be good for their, good for their health?
1: That's a great point. And you sound very popular today with that, Was that your phone that just made a ding?
0: Sorry, but <laughs> do not do Well, good, long. you're
1: usually uh, turn it off right away. But um, right no, it's a good point that like nutrition research is really hard to control just because there are so many other factors, right? So if like we are participants in a study and even if we eat the same exact thing in the study, because that's what we're told to do, like you and I still live different lives. So there's like factors outside of a study's control that make it really hard to have like coherent nutrition research that says like, this is a proven fact just because there's so many other confounding factors. So yeah, (laughs) read everything with a grain of salt. Um, And it's something that I think we touched on yesterday. We had looked at that article about like, does sweetener artificial sweeteners cause any gut health issues or any other changes to the body. And it's like, we can, we found an incredible study, a double blind randomized controlled trial, which is like a really good thing in the science world. what was it? It was on healthy adults ages, like in their 20s. Yeah, I think it was uh,
0: 24. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean. Average BMI. And like the end result was that, um, in this like high volume of participants that, uh, artificial sweeteners did not cause any, uh, real changes in the gut health. Um, artificial sweeteners ended up in the poop completely unchanged, meaning that it did not affect what was inside the body. Um, now it's like an excellent study and we got a lot of great information out of it. Uh, but again, like these are young 20 something year olds that are probably doing things outside of the study that can't be controlled for.
0: Right. Um, so do, you, uh, um, <clears throat> do we know off the top of your head, Sam, like, so whenever something is put out in the grocery store versus in a, um, supplement that has to be approved by the fda yep correct Mm -hmm. so the fda also has they have their like they have like a upper limit of what their safety is but it's like the upper limit of what's going to save their ass for not getting in trouble if something did happen so um what's the fda's limit and then what's like what's the real like limit of what's been shown on some of these sweeteners
1: yeah, so I actually don't know off the top of my head, John, what the upper limit for real is. Uh, the FDA FDA is the one that does say 50 milligrams per gil, kilogram of body weight, I'm like tripping right. over every word today. Yeah. Um, and honestly, going by the FDA recommendations is a pretty good idea for, for the general public. Um, there's always, again, those populations that like probably don't fall in, like pregnant women. We don't have a ton of research on pregnant women with this stuff because no one wants to do tests on pregnant women. So like... I don't know. I can't say with confidence that 50 milligrams per kilogram is a good idea for pregnant women to intake of like sucralose. Now, uh, realistically, that's probably not the true upper limit. There's probably more sucralose and artificial sweeteners that can be taken in during the day that like that might be the limit of where things start to change, right? Like where we might see an adjustment in the gut microbiome or within like spikes in blood sugar, you know, but fifty milligrams per kilogram per day is the FDI, so that's what I go with too.
0: Right. Now, what are your thoughts on when you hear and you probably hear this from your clients, as I do? Is I don't want to consume chemicals. What's yeah. like? What's your What's your thought on consuming chemicals?
1: Everything is a chemical. Um, we like opened up, and when I talked at the beginning, right? Like at its base, sugar is made of like three different elements. Um, artificial sweeteners are those same three elements and then just plus one more. Um, the same thing happens with fats. Like we can mechanically change around fatty acids. Um, to like I'm sure you've seen like on nutrition labels, like saturated fats versus trans fats versus monounsaturated fats. Like those can be mechanically changed too from one to the next. And it's just about like breaking the chemical bonds. And switching things around um so all of these things are chemicals like sugar is a chemical whether it's man-made or whether it's natural in the world um we eat chemicals all day every day Um, the world is made up of chemicals so yeah when people say i don't want to eat anything chemical uh or like "Mm, you know i don't want to eat bad chemicals like chemicals are things like yeah don't go drink like pool chlorine that (laughs) would be bad chemical to ingest (laughs) <laughs> but, like, as part of this uh, compound, it is A-OK in the body.
0: Yeah, and, like, sometimes natural isn't even always the safest or surest way of, um, you know, going along with nutrition, right? So, yeah,
1: natural
0: oil, can kill you oil, too. Is, uh, oil is natural and comes out of the ground, but you can't consume that. And neither- <laughs> you can't consume poison ivy either just because it's a plant. Um,
1: that so- would be terrible. Oh, my god. <laughs>
0: Can you imagine getting poison ivy, like...
1: Oh, in your- no. So Probably don't eat planes and let you take a wilderness course, is what you're saying.
0: Did you ever um, read the book, um, Into the Wild? There's a movie on it, too.
1: No, but I heard it's good.
0: It's very good. But the guy, like, uh, he wants to, like, get away from, like, society and things like that. So he, like, hitchhikes to Alaska, meets all these people on the way. And by the time he gets to Alaska... um there's no more deer or anything like that. So he's um, basically running out of food and he's like starving. So he goes and eats a bunch of berries and then realizes that they're poisonous and it's such a sad ending. Is this real? it's a real story. Yeah. Hot. The guy ended up dying of eating poisonous berries. But anyways, spoiler uh, alert. Just going uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's happened a long time ago. This is from two thousand, but okay. um Anyways, I don't know. I just thought of that. The natural and artificial argument is kind of silly because sometimes natural things aren't always the best. And like Sam mentioned earlier in podcasts is that there's more research on sucralose and aspartame than there is on stevia, which isn't to say that stevia is unsafe. It's to say that there's absolutely more evidence to show that one is safer than the other. So if you are going to make your recommendations based off of natural versus unnatural, you might want to think about what evidence says towards what you're going to be putting into your body. And one of the biggest things is that when we, uh, you know, a lot of um, downsides or things that can go along with poor health is just over consuming calories over a long period of time, not having healthy lifestyle factors, like not exercise, not eating enough fruits and vegetables. So there's so many things that go into making up a healthy diet versus just looking at one thing alone. So if you are overly concerned about artificial sweeteners, then if you can go without it, that's fine. But if you struggle with, if you're the same person that says that you're, um, you know, you're addicted to sugar and you have a hard time controlling sugar, so you cut it out of your diet altogether, then maybe exploring the option of having, you know, maybe it's that little bit of sucralose in your coffee or having, you know, um, you know some lower calorie options like I don't know maybe it's a frozen yogurt that has sucralose in it versus having one that has 30 grams of sugar. Think about some of those things that might make your diet not feel so miserable, but also allow you to um, have some of those sweet things into your diet. But yeah. okay.
1: now John, uh, I know you and I both use artificial sweeteners. So my yeah. thing give some examples of how how we use them in our day. What do you do? <laughs>
0: um my coffee, I so I've actually gone back and forth with this. So my coffee in the morning uh used to be um coffee made creamer that has um, I think it's like eight grams of sugar per tablespoon or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's like a gram and a half of fat. So it's more just like the calories that come from the sugar. So it's just a little bit more carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. Then I switched over to the sugar free, not because I don't consume sugar, but because they replace the sugar with uh, sucralose, which for me doesn't bother my stomach. And I like the taste of it as well. It saves me because I like to have three tablespoons instead of having Um, you know, 40 calories per tablespoon and having 120 calories come from my coffee, I can have a coffee that I enjoy and have 35 calories in my coffee uh, creamer. So that one little thing right there allows me to have 100 more calories of food that I want to eat. So, you know, I can have an apple, which is roughly 100 calories. And I haven't, you know, I, I'm still at equal with what I've had. So it's less of a, like I have it in the context of I'm avoiding sugar. It's, I have the artificial sweetener in my coffee because I don't want to have black coffee all the time. And that's what I did to be able to save calories. But I'm like, you know what? Like I really enjoy my morning coffee. So Mm -hmm. if I implement, um, sweetener, then I can still enjoy my coffee without having a significant amount of calories and just, just prefer it.
1: Yeah. And it tastes good.
0: Exactly. Yeah. What about you? Good
1: point. Um, Well, I chew gum all day, every day. And that is definitely Mm -hmm. full of artificial sweeteners. (laughs) It's like a rare moment if you see me without gum. Uh, So that's like the number one for me. Gatorade. I have the Gatorade Zero. That has artificial sweeteners in it. I personally like can't do a ton because it does bother my stomach. Like that is, I have a whole slew of GI issues that I don't know if anybody needs to ever hear, but... I can't, I can't have too much. It does bother my stomach. So yeah, my gum and like Gatorade I'll have, but I have friends who are diabetics that I'll have like a diet Sprite if we're like out somewhere. Um, and like used as a mixer, like diet soda has its place. And I think there's like plenty of instances where either I've been places or my, my diabetic friends have been places where it's like been a really good thing to have. Um, unless they're going into like diabetic shock, in which case we need sugar ASAP. Um, right. yeah, like I, I, I use it and I have a lot of friends that use it as well.
0: No, that's a good point with, um, the diet sodas because, you know, some of us want to have alcohol, but we, um, you know, don't want to just have vodka and seltzer water. So if you do a diet Coke and uh, whiskey, then, you know, you can have like 60 or 80 calories depends on how many ounces or whatever you have in your drink. But that's usually where a lot of the calories come from is going to be all the juices and stuff like that that you're having in your in your in your cocktails. So if you're someone that likes to have, you know, a drink, um, you know, on the weekend, one or two. You know, what usually goes with alcohol is going to be food. So it's just a strategy to be able to not overconsume on liquid calories, which is just like a good rule to have in general is don't have too many calories coming from liquid because liquid isn't going to be overly filling mm-hmm. so if you use artificial sweeteners in some of your liquid um some of your uh uh instead of having calories coming from your liquid and you have that you can still have the similar taste which is more of what we're going for it's less of going you're not you're not having a cocktail for a source of calories you're having a cocktail because it's a social thing and it's enjoyable to have a have a drink so exactly um, and
1: yeah, the, so that soda. diet soda as a mixer uh, leads to getting that buzz quicker. Like the chemical reaction that happens, diet soda helps it happen faster.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing I learned in college that I will probably never forget.
0: That's I yeah I never knew that diet yeah. soda. So you can be a cheap date with diet soda. You know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You
1: take nothing away from this podcast. Know that that's actually a scientific
0: fact. Uh, um okay, so you guys have some context behind how to use artificial sweeteners. I use it in my coffee. Sam uses it as a instead of having water all the time, she uses it to help her hydrate with having like a Gatorade Zero or Vitamin Water Zero that does not contain calories. And uh sometimes it's just an easier way to get fluid in. Um and you have to know what feels right for you um like sam said if sam has too much of a certain sweetener doesn't sit right with her some people if they have too much aspartame they get headaches everyone is individualized um so you kind of got to know what works for you and i'm sure if your diet is too heavy in artificial sweeteners then you'll probably notice that you don't feel great having it but
1: John, have you ever looked up uh, the Amazon reviews for sugar-free gummy bears? No. No. Okay. Well,
0: do it. (laughs) Is that what you do in your spare time? Is you look up reviews?
1: I saw saw this. I don't know how this came up, but this is a thing. It was like, I think it was a meme going around for a while. Uh, Spoiler alert. If you eat an entire like four pound bag of sugar-free gummy bears, you will have to poop. A (laughs) lot. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah some people have uh
0: constipated, that's that's the way to do it <laughs> what they're constipated that's the way to do it
1: i guess so uh i, I, I wouldn't couldn't recommend couldn't purposely do. ingesting food to give yourself diarrhea but
0: <laughs> you <laughs> know, would
1: not want, that would not be my Well,
0: uh, some people occasionally <laughs> want diarrhea you know <laughs>
1: Oh, man, we're, we're kind of going off the deep end now.
0: All right,
1: I uh, <laughs> Let's bring it back. <laughs> um, yeah, touched on what they are. We touched on uh, how we use them. We touched on that, yes, they are very much safe. There is an upper limit. We don't really have research beyond that upper limit, at least in humans, because, well, it's probably not smart to just throw a ton of uh, aspartame into someone's body and hope for the best, right? Like, we have to do this safely and scientifically. Um, but through the years of research, we found that, yes, well, not we personally, but you know, scientists in the world. I found that yes, uh, artificial sweeteners can and very likely should be used in a healthy, uh, overall well-rounded diet um, for the vast majority of people. There's nothing really to be scared of. Obviously, you have to go with based off of what's okay with your body, but really by and large, um, it is safe. It is safe for consumption, it's safe for use, and it can be a great tool depending on what your goals are uh, with nutrition. With that said, John, do you have anything else to add before we uh, close this thing out?
0: Um, I mean, I feel like there's no need to be overly concerned with artificial sweeteners and having them in your diet. And like we mentioned, if it helps you control your calories, then it is going to be helpful for you, especially if you are in a calorie deficit where you are trying to lose weight. Um, those can be easy ways to implement, uh, some lower calorie options without having to make drastic changes to your diet. So if you feel fine having it, then have it. And if you don't have a lot in your diet and you rapidly increase it, then expect that you may not feel great. That doesn't mean that the artificial sweetener is bad for you. It means that you're probably having more than your body is used to having whenever we have something that... Our body's not used to having, we're going to have some type of reaction, whether we're bloating or having a little gas. So um, know yourself and um, whether something works for you or not in your diet is totally based upon you. But based off the evidence that's out there on artificial sweeteners, it is safe to have.
1: Mm -hmm. And next time you see a news article that says, this food is killing you, (laughs) either... Look on Google Scholar or come to one of us and we can do the research for you to find out if that's actually true or if that's just a nice little clickbait headline for you uh, to, like, be swayed by. There's always a reason behind those headlines. Um, most of the time, they're not true.
0: Yeah, it's like people to ignore is Dr. Oz, uh, Mark Hyman. Um, all those guys out there that blast sugar and artificial sweeteners and just make assumptions, you know, why don't you critically think a little bit more about some of the stuff and follow scientists versus people that are trying to benefit off of your purchasing their product or their detox pill or whatever it is that they're diagnosing you with that issue? That's a very common thing that you'll find is, do you feel this way? Buy my product. Here's the here's the problem. Here's the solution. And it's usually a marketing tool in order to get you to spend money on something. So try not to uh, be so fearful of things and jump to conclusions. Slow down, think a little bit. Most of the time, it's not as big of a deal if it's blown out to be in the media.
1: (laughs) It's true. That's why we're here. Bring all the scientific evidence to light. Um, So with all that, uh, we'll close it out. Uh, Thank you again for listening to this podcast. Hopefully we've touched on something and giving you some new information today. If you have any more questions or any other ideas for topics in the future, please do let us know, reach out to John or myself, and we hope you have a wonderful day.